0: Hello, and welcome to Money Chill Out, the podcast to get inspired and feel good about your money. I'm Maika Fino, a woman in my 30s, ex-trader in the City of London, yoga teacher, and owner of my financial empowerment business. On this podcast, I want to open up the discussion around money and investments and dive into personal finance management, which can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversations on money, mindsets, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. You too can get financial peace of mind, and it starts with empowerment and knowledge. Let's go. Hi, Renée. How are you? I am great. How about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much. I'm super cool. And uh, yeah, very pleased to get to know you as you've been recommended to me. So how is life um, in Los Angeles? It is great.
1: It is starting to cool down a little bit, which is nice. But yes, this time of year in L.A. is awesome because it's not too hot and too warm, but it's still sunny
0: and cool. So, I'll do a quick intro and, and we'll go from there. So, you're a certified financial planner and a financial awareness speaker. You run digital programs designed to elevate the relationship we have with money. You have a big community on LinkedIn. You created the Wealth Woman Collective. So, this in particular, I'm very keen to know a bit more. And today, in order to start well the year, we'll speak about money mistakes and bring awareness and knowledge so that we are more prepared and empowered to avoid them. So before we we start, can you tell us what exactly is a money mistake? And in order for everyone to feel good, (laughs) when is the last time that you made one, for example?
1: Oh, I've made plenty of them. You know, definitely made a lot of mistakes along the way. But I think that when you have awareness and intentionality, you can turn those mistakes into, you know, into positives. And so I'll talk, I mean, I think some of the mistakes that I've made earlier on and that I see a lot of people make, and then there's different types of mistakes, obviously, but one is really not having awareness or tracking in some capacity around what's coming in and what's going out. You know, you need to, you're the CEO of your life and you need to really operate your financial house on a month-to-month basis by knowing what's coming in and what's going out. I see a lot of people like hiding from that because, you know, money is such an emotional topic that we bring bring a lot of our baggage, you know, into our adulthood around this relationship. So that's either fear of, uh, you know, the scarcity mindset, fear of not having enough, not knowing how to, how to manage it, feeling like it's in control of you versus you being in control of it. So I always, you know, one of the biggest things to make sure that you're doing is, is tracking it. And sometimes people hear that and they're like, okay, I have to track every single dollar. And that's not necessarily, you know, every single dollar to the penny. It's more of, again, being able to categorize where you're spending money so you could make confident decisions on how to spend on purpose. That to me is really the foundational piece because, you know, people will come to me and they're like, I want to invest or I want to do X, Y, and Z. I want to move my money forward. But if we don't have that foundational knowledge and that's going to be driven from you, your, I can't give you, you know, that desire to have that awareness. It's, you know, at some point you're just going to be throwing spaghetti at the wall. So that to me is a big mistake is that people think that they can kind of get away with not looking at their money and, you know, on a regular basis.
0: Mm -hmm. And I like it as well, the fact that you say everybody needs to find their own ways because, Mm -hmm. yeah, not everybody is the same. And sometimes it's going to be super annoying to track like the penny and some other people would want it. So, yeah. So what other most common mistakes do you think they are?
1: Well, that I think as you, the, one of the other mistakes, big mistakes is not starting to invest early. Um, and this is something that, you know, I definitely made a mistake early on. You know, I started investing and then I took the money out. I was like, I need the money. I had to pay off this, you know, this uh, vacation that I took, you know, this was, When I was in my maybe later 20s, you know, I was like, thought I was, okay, making a little bit extra money. I'm going to start putting it into an investment account. And then I took it out like two or three years later. And I think when you don't have the biggest mistake is that one, not starting early, even if it's just starting somewhere because of that compound growth and letting something build on top of what you have started, that is what's making your money work is that ability to kind of put something into your money into a vehicle that's going to work for you. Now, the other mistake that kind of that is in there as well is that letting the emotions dictate, you know, whether you're taking, you know, feel what you're feeling about the market. The reality is it's like when you're feeling, you know, the when you're putting money into something and you're feeling that with a stock market, it's going to go up and it's going to go down. And so we have to really remove the emotions around the daily headlines and the year to year, what the market may be doing, because if you're putting those dollars around for a specific purpose, that's, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years and beyond, then you really can maintain that long-term focus versus, you know, just trying to add a whim, just throw money into, into things without really a purpose. And I also think the other mistake is just listening to other, your friends or listening to other people and just, trying to pick individual, you know, stocks or just trying to follow what someone else is doing. At some point, there isn't, you're not attaching that to your values, to your goals.
0: Yeah. So it needs to be super specific. Yeah. Are there people that could be more subject to making mistakes? You know, I think, I think money is an emotional
1: topic. And so again, I think that we're all attached to our money in a different way, and we have an emotional attachment. I'm more emotional and attached to my money than you are to mine, than and you are attached to your money, and then I am to you. So to yours, this way, you know, as I, am, you know, if I'm looking at your financial picture, I can give you that perspective that you don't have because you're in it yourself, right? So that's always the beauty of being able to get that outside perspective, I can empathize, right. And I can appreciate what your emotions around your money. And I can kind of work with that to help you create any sort of, you know, negatives into a positive. But I do think that because emotions drive a lot of our decisions, we have to get to the core of what some of those emotions are. If it's not empowering us and it's disabling us at this point, then we need to create, you know, we need to change that anything that's disabling into empowering. And that's really about anything in our life, right? It's like, as we get to, into our adulthood, if there's something that's nagging at us, you're saying, Hey, this is something that is prohibiting me or disabling me. How do I create a more positive relationship then we have to have that understanding. And that's kind of where, you know, I'm not definitely not a therapist by practice, but it's understanding someone's relationship and their current emotions around their money as to why they're making some of these decisions or haven't made some of these decisions before.
0: Yeah, exactly. I like that mentality. And sometimes as you say, we have a plan, but we don't follow the plan because other things get into play so yeah
1: yeah how many times have you you know whether it's on the financial side or in other parts if someone if someone just hands you a plan and says here go do this and it, there's zero attachment to it and, and to understanding the why and it's just like here here's a cookie cutter plan because this person is doing this at some point I mean I can promise you within the first week I would fall off and not do it
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Where's So let's do a deep dive now and look especially at solutions. So I gathered kind of three main themes around the money mistakes. The first is anything linked to spending, then the fact to have no plan and then not investing for the future. So we'll go through each of them and of course, look at solutions to help our listeners. So on the spending side, whether it's because you spend too much or you leave paycheck to paycheck or you have a lot of short-term debts. What's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, I think overspending is really
1: something that you can curb, right? Something that, again, it really starts with awareness and understanding what's coming in and what's going out the door. And by what's going out the door, what I mean by that is really looking at where your dollars are going and to categorize that into your fixed expenses which are you know any sort of rent mortgage you know car payments the things that are happening with consistency on a month to month basis that you know you know shows up the 1st of the month 15th of the month whatever date of the month it is that you know the bill is going to be due and then we all have variable expenses the things that may may we may be paying for every single month whether that's because of lifestyle or you know family activities whatever that may be that if push comes to shove you're like okay it's not something that is we have to do but it's something that we like to do we want to do we all have that in our lives because it's just life is way too short just to pay bills and go to work right so but i think within that within that category it's really where One because life isn't always linear, so sometimes those things aren't happening every single month. Sometimes maybe there's variability in the cost around it on a month-to-month basis, or we do it once in a while, and and we just don't have that awareness of how much we're spending. So within that category is to really then to look at how are you, where are you spending your dollars, and what is it that you value, you and your family, because what I value you know, it's not my place to say, go remove that from your, from your monthly spending or from your expenditures. It's because if you value that, then that's okay. We have to find a way to fit that in, in a way that makes sense, right? If you are spending every single, everything that's coming in the door and you're under, right. in your living paycheck to paycheck, then yeah, there's going to be things that, yeah, you have to, you're going to have to cut out or, or reduce the spending, but again, you value, we all value different things. So within that variable category, the lifestyle, the discretionary, whatever word you want to, you know, resonates with you is to really look at how you're spending money, whether it's on a month to month basis, every quarter, every other month, or whatever that may be, and say, this to me is really important. And these are the things that, you know what, I'm probably spending without even realizing that I'm spending. I'm leaking dollars here without realizing it. I can either eliminate it, reduce it. Therefore, the things that I do value are, you know, maintained. But then I'm creating space for myself to not give myself an excuse not to, quote, unquote, save
0: or invest. Mm-hmm. So everything comes with awareness and yeah, it it sounds as simple as that, but yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know it's
1: maybe oversimplifying, just like, hey, have awareness. And again, it's about, you know, creating a system that does make sense for you an excel spreadsheet whether it's an app whatever that may be and we categorize things not even just by fixed variable expenses the date of the month that the 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 expenses are coming out so we can cat- really categorize and get to the nitty-gritty so you can have the mental space to feel free to spend each month in a way that you know without feeling guilty and feeling shame
0: yeah and percent So let's move now to the second one, which is the second mistake, which is often not having a plan. And what I mean by that is either having no financial goals or no bit of security via an emergency funding, for example. So I guess it's all about being in control and having a sense of security and peace of mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's almost like we crave that. We all crave it in our own way. It's like, we want, you know, security and peace of mind. And sometimes we just don't know. We don't have a roadmap. We're like, here's the end goal. But then we have zero. We're trying to make it up along the way. And I think the biggest thing that I hear from people, and I feel this in my, obviously in my own life is that life isn't meant to have a the script completely written out where you wake up every single day and you know exactly what the day is going to look the next day and the year and and so forth right, it's boring <laughs> it's like you know there is some surprise nature in letting life evolve and you know surprises and you know things you have the you have the right to change your mind and to go you know start in one direction and go into a different direction but I think what's most important is to have an idea as to, okay, if I want to, if I'm here in Los Angeles and I want to get to New York, you know, to so have some sort of idea as to how am I going to get to New York? I may want to, you know, sightsee along the way and it may change that and that's okay. But to have some ideas of some goals and knowing that the further out And this is the thing that I hear a lot from people. It's like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in five years or 10 years. I'm like, that's okay. We either have high, high level goals and say, these are the things that you want to happen in life. And that may be just good enough right now, but we still need to start to plant the seeds to give yourself the options to either accomplish that or to change that down the road. If you get to your 10 year self, without having planted any seeds there is no forest for you to kind of rummage through and say hey to, you know you don't have any options right you're starting from scratch there so we don't have to have the entire plan and all your goals completely the you know completely nailed down but we need to make sure that we know what direction we're going in
0: mm-hmm. and I think what really helps as well is having these, medium and long-term plans is not necessarily like super motivating. So breaking them into more yep. shorter term and yeah.
1: Yeah. exactly. I always talk about four main buckets of dollars and that's having short-term, which means you, your next year to two years, your midterm goals, your three to seven year goals, and then your long-term, which is seven plus years And then the fourth bucket is retirement and retirement is solely for 60 years old and plus, right? So when we have these four main buckets, now we take our money and depending on our resources, we're focusing on one or two or maybe all of these buckets and we're giving money a purpose relative to the time horizon. So we're not worried about if we're putting money aside for our long-term goals, we're not worried about what's happening in the market this year because we... We either have enough of money in a, as an emergency fund, or we have enough in
0: cash to navigate the next year or two. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to why you're doing it, and yeah, yeah, you make sense exactly. Yeah. So let's go to the third one, which is the lack of investments, or in other ways, uh, not thinking about the future, or not, or trying to do it but not necessarily doing it properly. Which means, for example, not diversifying or not having that long term view. So why is it so important and how can people go from only enjoying the present to having a thought about delayed gratification?
1: Yeah, well, I guess the instant gratification is something that has increasingly become, you know, a part of our, you know, being our culture, you know, in this day and age when we have phones and, you know, information, you know, at our fingertips, it's, we get really caught up in the instant gratification in so many ways. but. In building peace of mind, right? You know, I, I always like to call it. Yes, it's about building wealth, but really, it's about building your peace of mind and what that means for you. It's a long game. It's nothing, anything that is what seems to be a quick fix or a quick hit or you know a quick win is never going to be the, the solution. Just because if if it was the case, many other people would be doing it. It's not like you're you know all of a sudden you you've kind of struck gold and no one else knows. So it is a long game and we're always afraid about making a mistake. But again, it's delaying some of that gratification and saying, again, and if we're if we're categorizing our money into different buckets around mid to short term, midterm, long term and retirement, and we're putting money into the right time frame. Again, relative to our resources, there's going to be people on that are listening and like, hey, I can't only, maybe I'm still building my emergency fund. Okay, then we're focusing on building out cash. And maybe I have a little bit of cash and I want to start to put money into my retirement, into the retirement to take advantage of that. Okay, maybe we're focusing on those two. There's going to be people that are listening and saying, hey, I can kind of, I already have my cash. So where do I put my money after that? And that may be their midterm, their long term, and their retirement. And if we're putting money into the right places, the instant gratification piece is that we're arriving to our future self. Our future self is in two months from now, a month from now, two months from now, six months, a year, two years, three years, five years. We're always arriving to whatever life is kind of bringing to us with options. So there's a portion of us that we can say, hey, that our money is meant to have delayed gratification. So this way we can continue and to up level, not just stay the same of where we are, but be where we are and continue to elevate. But by wanting to elevate up or being the ability to elevate up in our in our bigger picture thinking, how we live our life, how we give back to the communities, we have to have that delayed gratification, and that's by putting our money into into vehicles that are going to give us growth. It's not always just you know putting the money into the stock market. The stock market is and an investing is one vehicle there's many different types of cars within that in in that vehicle but it's just one it's one key on the piano that we can play but it's an important one that we need to play mm-hmm.
0: that makes sense and it's super clear so if we take a bit of perspective now in order to get better do you think it's mainly a question of financial education and maybe as we're well, opening with the subject we people, friends, or family in, in order to learn from others?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's having the conversation. I find this especially with women is that we tend to get really, really busy in our you know, lives or we're, we're wearing multiple hats and uh, constantly multitasking. And so we may defer to other people, say someone else can you know, handle that or I can handle X, Y, and Z, but I'm not really handling the financial strategy. Or I'll deal with that later when I get my promotion or when I get here or X, whatever this, you know, future thing is that we're that we're waiting for. I think having these conversations is really important and really peeling back the curtain around what are some financial strategies that other people that your friends are using. Because the more that we're having these conversations, it's not such a secret, right? It's like it's not saying, hey, I have to follow everything that you're putting your money into by way of investments or by way of, you know, real estate or life insurance, whatever it may be, but understanding that what you're doing, why you're thinking about doing those, why you're doing those things for yourself, it can give me insight as to, oh, these are the things I maybe never thought about doing X, but until I had this conversation with you, now I understand why, you know, and that's maybe something that, make sense for me to explore, to have a conversation and not be so close-minded and thinking that there's only one way to do something. Mm. And so I think the more that we have these conversations and have transparency, and when I say transparency, it doesn't mean saying, hey, let's go sit, you know, go out to brunch and like let, sit here with our bank accounts on, you know, full on full display and our investment accounts on full display. I understand that there's you know, some privacy, but having these conversations around, you know, what are you doing? How are you thinking? Because maybe you're at a different level than I am. So I can kind of glean, you know, like you can help me bring me along a little bit faster. And that to me is what's important. And so Mm -hmm. there isn't that secrecy.
0: Yeah. I think it's a question of knowing what's possible and then being inspired because yeah, we all have the same questions. So why not? All and by? men
1: have the same questions too, right? So I think a lot of times, I think oh, men know everything. But no, they don't. They have the same questions as, <laughs> as we do. So
0: yeah, yeah. So do you know now? Do you have any tools or advice on how to overcome past mistakes so that we don't feel stuck in whatever failure, but we continue to improve and take actions?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that is really this this day and age. That obviously, I know that they. The internet, right, is a, it's a great tool. And then it's a tool that we can fall down a rabbit hole. And there's so much, especially so much information, especially around finances, right, and money and how to manage money and everything that we're going to read really on the internet is going to be geared towards the masses. And so I always think that maybe reading some things on, you know, either books or, you know, websites and that that resonate with you to kind of just say, hey, I want to get my feet wet and just get some knowledge. But then I got to take that knowledge and really boil down to how is it going to be relative to me? Because any book, any webs, you know, website or any sort of, you know, blog, it may be, Is always going to be, again, catered to the masses. So it's not going to be specific to your situation. But I think just my first book that the the book that I always recommend to people is The Psychology of Money. Mm -hmm. It is always, again, you know, talking from the beginning, it's like really understanding our relationship with money and, and how we're making these decisions, how we've come this far to make some of these decisions, and really understanding the psychology about your relationship with money. I think that to me is the foundation of anything. But it is really then kind of making sure that you're putting yourself in a position that you want the knowledge and that you recognize that you can't have the blinders on and that someone else is going to take care of it for you, that you're the CEO of your own life, regardless if you're in partnership or not. And by doing that, that you can then really fine tune what your financial picture looks like and not deferring that.
0: Mm-hmm. And the book that you've talked about is uh, written by Morgan Oza, and yeah, hundred percent it's an amazing discovery. <laughs> yeah yeah. So what advice would you give our listeners for the new year, and do you set yourself financial resolutions?
1: So I always hate resolutions. I mean, I think we you know, always <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's like I I mean offhand, I can't even remember. I know it's like the statistic. It's like most people like by February 1st, right? 90% of your resolutions are you're like, ah, eh, abandoned them. What I was is that, you know, I think this time of year, especially as we feel little, when the holidays are around and maybe especially after the last, you know, two, three years that we've had in the pandemic, is that maybe feels a little bit different this holiday season than it has the last couple holiday seasons. And this, regardless as time tends to be the year we want to be a little bit more generous with friends and family. And so, you know, my advice is to keep that awareness and to not let the holidays be an excuse to either ignore your financial picture, your financial situation, to let you say, Hey, let me just go off the rails and then I'll just deal with it next year. Because, There's nothing worse than starting the new year or beginning the new year feeling behind. And so it then just continues to perpetuate by if you're if we're building up debt just because we're of the holidays. So it's really to have the awareness and not just because it's the month of December and it's the holidays doesn't mean that you should take your foot off the gas pedal in some of the good habits and awareness that you can be building for yourself so you can propel yourself into the new year and not allow that you know the new year january to be like i'll just start fresh it's a new year it's just like you know i think we shouldn't be thinking about money from a calendar perspective it's just something that's continuous regardless if it's april january may november regardless it's something that we should be creating habits that it has it, it has no bearing on time
0: hmm. I like this mentality. Makes sense. Yeah. And um, where can we follow you and be part of the Wealth Woman Collective?
1: Yes, a great question. Well, you can follow me on LinkedIn. That is definitely my primary resource. You can find me Renee Cohen, R-E-N-E-E. My last name is C-O-H-E-N and I'm a CFP. On there, on my LinkedIn, you will see there is a, a link to the Wealthy Women Collective. And that's my newsletter. I, you know, one of, I guess if I'm going to say that I have a resolution for 2023, that would be to be more consistent in sending out an or maybe more frequent tips and tricks in my newsletter. I write my own content, whether that's LinkedIn, whether that's my newsletter. So like everyone else, I could get bogged down with other things. And so my goal for 2023 is to be, to send it out more frequently. Um, I do digital events, virtual, if you're in Los Angeles, I also do some in-person events, and also do webinars throughout the, you know, workshops and webinars throughout the year. So definitely touch base with me there.
0: Sounds good. Thank you so much, Rene, for this discussion. I really enjoyed it. I really like the way you would take perspective and, and talk to us about like money mistake and how we can avoid them so that we have a good financial year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Have a great one. and um, You too. Where are you based? Lisbon. Oh. Go to go. Yeah
1: yes it is on my to-do list because it is i yes for a long time i've been wanting to go to lisbon so i will definitely let you know when i'm out there
0: i think it's uh, very trendy from america at the, the moment oh my god i feel so many americans
1: <laughs> portugal's gonna be like we are closing the country off to americans <laughs> True.
0: well so yeah if you come around let me know i'll, I'll give you lots of um, local trips Yes, for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for this. This was awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you.
0: So at the end of this episode, I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.